This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Church here in Montgomery, and I'm going to tell you what, it is good to be home with family. But here's what I want to do. I want to take just a minute. If you feel comfortable, if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to. But those of you that do feel comfortable, turn around and greet one another and tell each other you love them. I love it when you have to tell people, all right, stop being so loving. But uh, no, I, you know what? That's the sign. If a church is going to have anything, it ought to be known that it loves. Loves. You know, Jesus said, this is the way the world's going to know that he, that God sent him as Savior. You know, sometimes we think when well, we need the lightning to flash out of heaven, we need all this stuff to happen for the world to believe. But you know what Jesus said? If they see you loving one another, you know, because they have trouble loving one another, you know. But if they see you loving one another, and of course, love is more than just a pat on the back and shaking hands and say, God bless you. You know, love is caring, isn't it? Sharing, you know. When someone's going through something you care, you share their, with their needs, you pray for them, just like some, some of you did for my grandson, but, uh, you know, I'm glad, and the church ought to have that, you know, let's, let's make sure that if we're going to have anything, we're going to have the love of God manifested in us and through us, amen, go ahead and share the testimony, brother. I, good morning, I, I hope you can hear me through this mask, I'm not going to be long-winded, I just want to thank everybody that did know that my brother, he had COVID, he called me and on his last breath and wanted to give up and say he was basically calling everybody saying that he's going to die. So when I told him, I said, no, you don't, you don't do that. Let me take care of it. So, of course, you know, you have that one family member you can call and they tell everybody. <laughs> so first thing I did, I called Pastor Norris. Him and his wife was out walking and they stopped right then and there. And I just really want to thank him. He, they prayed and then I called my one aunt that I know that was going to tell everybody. There you go. So she called and called everybody, and I said, pray mostly that, tell him don't give up. 
because God is, he's got more for you to do in your life. So when I tell you um, he had COVID, they didn't do anything for him at the hospital. They told him, we can't do anything for you. You didn't get the shot. So basically they give up on you. They're not going to work on you. They're not going to put you in the hospital. They sent him home. No medicine. They didn't give him anything. So I told him, let me call my aunt. Let me call the doctor here in Montgomery. Actually sent him meds, sent him a whole little prescription. And when I tell you from the prayers to the medicine, the next day, <laughs> the next day, I mean, he, this man couldn't eat, he couldn't sleep, he had lost like 30 pounds within a week. When I tell you, he was back up on his feet, talking. I talked to him yesterday, he was laughing, he's back to himself, he was eating, had taste. And in our family, when you can eat, you're doing good. <laughs> so, you know, he was good. So, I just like to thank you guys that did know for your prayers. And I told him, prayer, it's, prayer means everything. They're everything, and it really helped him out a lot. So I just want to thank you guys that did know for your prayers. Amen, amen. Praise God. Oh, Sandrina, I don't know how to turn this thing off. Uh, bless your heart, Sandrina. Everybody say, God bless Sandrina. I'll tell you what, she has been so faithful through the years, and... <clears throat> amen, amen. All right, can we put that scripture up? I want to talk to you today uh, on a scripture <clears throat> that um, has been on my heart for some time. We moved to California three years ago uh, from Montgomery uh, for several reasons, and I won't get into all of that. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, um, we were... It was a door God opened, and God closed every other door. And, you know, some of you may face closed doors, but I'm tell you what, that's not a denial. It's just a direction, you know. And, you know, I learned a long time ago, there's some doors you do need to kick on, but there's others you don't. And you got to be sensitive to God. But God opened the door for us to go to California. We moved to California. And uh, uh, God has blessed us there. Uh, but uh, when we got there, uh, I thought, why am I here? What am I doing here? <clears throat> what do you have, God? And God put on my heart a scripture, uh, a portion of scripture. And for the last three years, I've been, this scripture, I have it uh, on my desk, uh, written there, uh, that I see it. Uh, it's in my prayer. Uh, I have a prayer uh, in the front of my Bible. That's all prayer uh, people I'm praying for and nations I'm praying for and our works around the world I'm praying for and you, you get prayed for, uh, <clears throat> uh, not just by one another, but I, I pray for you. But God put on my heart this scripture. And for three years now, I've been pulling on heaven for this. I mean pulling on heaven for this. And so this morning is, uh, well, let me back up. When we got, some of you may know, some of you may not, Pastor Tom Stone, who was a staff member here for many years and a great friend. He and I were in college together and been friends throughout life. He, he died Thursday morning, and we came down to, uh, be, in the, uh, to be in the funeral. And... Um, talked with Pastor Norris, and he had to go out of town, he and Cindy. And so I asked him, I said, listen, since you're going to be out of town, I'd like to preach. Because I wanted to share what's been stirring in my heart for three years now. And I'm carrying a baby. And I mean, I'm not just the way I look. Oh, boy. But anyway, I'm carrying a baby. And what I mean by that is there is something God has stirred in my heart. And I'm not the only one. Because as I listen to what God's saying, and not just here in America, but in different nations of the earth, and a lot of what I do now is in nations of the earth. I deal with leaders in different countries and different nations and, and our works uh, that we have around the world. 
while we're sitting here, you're sitting here on a Sunday morning in Montgomery, Alabama, there are works that you're a part of and you're a, a significant part of in training leaders and nationals in different nations of the earth. You're having an impact from right here. Though you sit here, you are touching lives in a tremendous way. But as I interface with these different leaders from different nations, there is something I hear. There's a, there's a common word. There is a, a sound uh, from heaven that I'm hearing them say. It may not be in the same exact words, but it's the same thing being said. And that is this, that God has set the stage, not only in America, but in the world, he is setting the stage for an unprecedented move of the Holy Spirit that is going to shake this world. It's not going to be a little pocket revival, a little uh, exciting service where everybody has fun and we enjoy it and we, and we uh, get all thrilled and we go home and then life goes on like it was and we look back and say, wasn't that service great? I'm telling you, there's going to be a move of God that is not going to be started by any man, any group, any church. So nobody can say, we did it. But everybody's going to say, God is in this. God is doing something. And I remember when I first got saved, there was a saying uh, some of the old saints would say. They'd say, Sonny, get under the spout where the glory comes out. And, uh, and I'm telling you, God's about to open the spigot. He's about to open the spout. Uh, now, that's not to say God is not doing something. God is always doing something. There's never a moment. Uh, the Bible says, Jesus said, my Father is always working. God is always working. I'm going to just say, God's always working in my life. Look at somebody and say, God is always working in your life. See, there's never a moment God's not working. While you're asleep, He's working on your problems. He's working on your life. He's working on those loved ones that you wish God would do something in. He's working on those situations. You say, I don't know what I'm going to do. But He knows what He's going to do. And it doesn't matter if you know what you're going to do because what He does is the answer. See, God is always working. There's never a moment where God's sitting by and you're thinking, God, where are you? What are you doing? God is doing he is always working. Say it again, God is always working. And here's the good thing you can know. Here's something you can, uh, you can drive this stake down in, the, in your heart, deep in your spirit. God is always working for your good. He is never against you. He is for you. He is for you against everything that is against you. Now, I'm doing some pretty good preaching, and this is just the warm-up. You see, I'm just going through my checklist before we even get on the taxiway. <laughs> All right, now. Is anybody here? Did y'all pack your lunch? <laughs> There's this scripture, though. As I interface and talk with uh, leaders from different nations and uh, from around the world and others who have uh, a global uh, impact in what God is doing or a global part of what God is doing in the nations of the earth today. There is a common thread. There is a, there is a word. There's a theme. As I said, different people may say it in different ways, but the song is the same. The message and the tune is the same, and that is this. God is about to do something unprecedented. Now listen, I'm not talking about the, where we used to say, well, God's on the verge of doing something. Listen, I don't know, verge is dead. We buried him. And this is real. God is doing something. And he is setting the stage for what is going to be a tremendous work of God. Now I want to read to you this now. All right? In Isaiah chapter 44, verse 1, look up here. Everybody read this out loud with me. But now, listen to me. Hold the phone. I want to ask you this question. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Because who you listen to? Jesus said, be careful what you hear. And then he said, be careful how you hear. 
Because see, now listen to me, how, what you hear can change how you hear. If you're not careful, you listen to enough wrong things before you know it, even the right things become the wrong things. Are you listening? If you listen to the wrong things enough, it won't be long before how you hear is controlled by what you heard. Jesus, God says, but now listen to me. Everybody say, I will listen to God. I'm going to tell you what, uh, uh, there was a time when uh, Paul was on a ship and he was a prisoner going to Rome. They had him down in the hold of the ship. And a storm was getting, uh, uh, they were getting ready to sail and he turned to them because see the weather looked great and it was sailor's delight, you know. And so he told them, he said, now listen to me, you better not go. You better not go. But the Bible, the Bible says that what the captain of the ship said, I know what I'm doing, and I'm gonna, we're going to go. Well, and the, long, the, the end of the story is the ship sank. And Paul, just before the ship sank, he said, now listen to me, everything's going to be right, because I heard from God. Now here's what I want to tell you. The person, when you can hear from God, you've got the answer. The one that can hear from God knows what to do. It's not the one that's the smartest, the cutest, the prettiest, or has the uh, most followers on Facebook. It is the one that can hear from God. So who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? It is imperative in this time where you and I stand that the one we are listening to is the God of heaven and earth. He is the God of this universe. He is the God and Father of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Because God has a voice and God speaks. And God is saying something, and we better be listening to him. I want you to listen. Let me tell you, I don't listen to the news. Because you know what? I'm neither right nor left, Republican, Democrat. I am, they're not like the angel that came down when, and Joshua and them were getting ready to fight. And he looked and he said, now wait a minute, I don't know this guy. And he said, uh, wait a minute. He said, whose side are you on? Are you on their side or our side? And the angel, listen to the angel. Now, this is the children of God getting ready to fight an enemy. And the angel said, I'm on neither. I'm on God's side. Somebody say with me, I am on God's side. That's right. Now, listen, honey, if you'll stay on God's side, you're on the right side. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Because, see, in the noise, there's a lot of noise going on. I, you know what? I used to be on Facebook. I'm not, I'm not a, do what you want to. But I got off of Facebook. And two, they won't let me back on it anyway. They won't. Uh, I'm locked out of Facebook. Uh, and I never got political, but I would, I would tell the truth. And, and that's okay. Darkness doesn't like the light. Because it can't withstand, it can't hold it back. You see what I'm saying? So anyway, uh, I don't li- do it on that Facebook stuff and all that Twitter. And I got off all of that stuff and because the Holy Spirit began to deal with me. He said, I want you to listen to me and nothing else. He said, you're not going to learn anything from them. You're not going to gain anything from them. But if you'll listen to me, I'll put a word in your spirit that will take you through everything and lead you where I want you to go. Are you listening to me? So my question is, who are you listening to? I want you to look at, listen to me. I want you to listen to this. You need to ask yourself this question. Who am I listening to? What are the voices that are shaping my thinking? What is it that is giving... That is uh, the sound I hear in my heart. Is it dismay? Is it concern? Is it dismal? Is it phony? Is it what is it? You better you better be careful who you're listening to. Read it with me again. What's the first two words? What's the first word? Again. See. 
I'm going to tell you, no matter what's going on right now, whatever you've been listening to, what all the junk is, but you better have a but. But now, shout it with me, but now. See, sometimes you've got to face the devil. You've got to face the circumstances. You've got to face the voices that are speaking. You've got to face all those fears that come to you. You've got to face them like you did with your brother. Where are you? I, the lights are in my eyes. There you Like you did with your brother. See, you've got to say, but now. But now. See, that's what we, what we did as a family over my grandson, Axel. Axel means uh, a son, uh, prince of God. Oh, son of peace and warrior of God. He was named a warrior before he was born because he knew, God knew, he was going to have to be a warrior to be born. But you see, we had to have a but now. And we had to know who we were listening to because the voices said, he will not live, he will die. All the, all the, the facts said, He's going to die. There's no hope. You might as well give up. Get ready. Prepare your kids for this. They're going to lose their child. See, but now, listen to me. Listen to me. Yeah, but, you know, when our kids were growing up, there was times, you know, they'd be, especially when they were teenagers. I think if I was building, if I was in charge of life, I would have had him go from a child to an adult. So I didn't have to deal with that, that teenage stuff. And I raised three girls and a boy. Dear, help me, Jesus. <clears throat> but there was times that our kids, I mean, they'd have all, all this stuff going on, you know, when they're teenagers. And Denise or I would say, now you listen to me. You ever done that? You listen to me. Why would you say that? Because you know they're listening to what all the kids are saying, what everybody else, all this stuff going on. And you knew what was best, and you said, now listen to me. And listen, God is saying, but now, you better listen to me. I want you to say it, God, I'm listening. Jesus said, he that has an ear. Do you have an ear? Do you choose to have an ear? Let me tell you what, if you're listening to wrong things, you won't have the right ear. Your ear is going to be clogged with junk, with junk. But now listen to me, Jacob, my servant, Israel, my chosen one. We sang a little earlier about chosen. I'm already chosen. Lift your hand up and say, I'm chosen. <laughs> you were a kid, you ever played kickball and they chose up sides in elementary school? And you know, there was always somebody that uh, nobody wanted. You know? And, and you know, and it, you know how bad it was for that, that person. That, you know, they're standing, you, that really, how they felt. When everybody else gets chosen and there's there, and the two captains are saying, no, you take her. No, you take him. But, oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. When God was in heaven, he turned to my son. He said, listen, I've got, I chose her. I choose him. I choose him. I choose him. I choose her. God said, I want you to go get them. You go down there. You do, you're going to give your life so I can have them. Because I've chosen. Listen, before God made the world, he chose you. And that word chosen in the Hebrew means an excellent choice. In God's sight, you were an excellent choice. Listen to me. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares what the world thinks? Who cares what other people may say and think about you? Who cares? Now, I'm going to tell you what. Now, I've been rejected by a whole lot of people. I have people hate me. Uh, and you know what? I've looked at people and said, when they'd say something to me, and you know, say all these things, I said, let me tell you something. I've been rejected by bigger people than you. And you know what? 
it did not mean one thing to me. Who do you think you are? Because I am chosen by God. Everybody lift your hand up and say, thank God I'm chosen. And wait a minute, don't put it down. Say, I am an excellent choice. <laughs> All right, we're not going to get through this, but we'll have fun on the way. All right, let's read that out loud with me. The Lord who made you and helps you says, do not be afraid. All right, let's say something here. Now listen to me. You got to remember who made you. you got number one, you got to beware of who you're listening to. Number two, you got to remember who made you. Who made you. The word made there means to form, to shape in intricate detail with meticulous uh, design. One thing we would say over our grandson as he was fighting for his life, I kept saying the scripture, these words were all in my, just in my spirit. He is fearfully and wonderfully made. He is fearful because see, they were saying he's got a flaw. He was made wrong. He's got a defect. Something's wrong. And I kept saying, he's fearfully and wonderfully made. He's fearfully and wonderfully made. He's fearful. Say, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Say it again. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on, say it again. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on, come on. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, if that doesn't put a spring in your step, then you're... <laughs> All right. You got to remember who... You got to watch who you're listening to. Be careful. You got to remember who made you. And you got to refuse. Now, come on. Next. He says, do not be afraid. You got to refuse fear. Say, I refuse fear. I refuse fear. Listen, fear is false evidence appearing real. Say it with me. False evidence appearing real. Say it again. False evidence appearing real. Let me tell you what, with our grandson, fear tried to come and I'm telling you what, fear tried to come and the devil wanted to paint a picture and I kept remembering, the Holy Spirit reminded me, false evidence appearing real. Do Say, I refuse to fear. And remember this. Let's go to the next verse. All right. You refuse to fear. You are chosen. And the word there, I said in Hebrew, means an excellent choice. Remember who chose you. And then now, listen, God says, listen to me. I've chosen you. Do not be afraid. And then he tells us why. Listen, what's the first three words? Read them out loud. For I will. Let's say it again. For I will. Say it like you mean it. For I will. Say it like you're speaking for God. For I will. The word will is the strongest word in the English language. It means there's no argument, there's no debate, there's no voting about it, there's no discussion, it is settled, it's done. And God said, for I will. Let me tell you what, God is doing something. God, here, God tells us why we don't have to fear. God tells us why we need to listen to Him. God tells us now why we need to recognize, remember, we are chosen and that he made us because here's something. He said, I'm about to do something. See, he says, I am about to do something. He said, for I will, read it out loud with me. For I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your children. What's the third word in that uh, verse? Out loud. Okay. You know, uh, you have Denise and I have a will. And it declares how the things that we have will be dispersed and, you know, what's going to, you know, what 
uh, happens to what we have left. All that is ours, that we have, what will be done with it. God has a will. And this will is settled. Signed, sealed, and delivered with the blood of Jesus Christ. So this is a fact. God said, I'm going to pour out water. Let me tell you something. We are, we are in the beginning, the precipice. We're right at the beginning of the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit that the world has ever seen. We live in California. And I, you know, one thing I've wondered, I kept saying, God, why are we here? Why are we here? And God reminded me of things that he spoke to me years ago. I visited uh, uh, Amy, the church at Amy Simple MacPherson. Many, some of you won't know, but she was a great Pentecostal preacher that built the largest church in, in, uh, on the West, uh, one of the largest churches in, in the world at that time. Uh, <clears throat> and she was a Pentecostal preacher, and God used mightily in signs and wonders and miracles, healings. And I visited the church she built back in 19... 13, 19, 20, somewhere in there, uh, this church. And I went there, and it's still going today and, uh, and having services. And they had a little house that they had built for her uh, next to the, the building. I went to this service, good service, walked outside, and I'm thinking, God, why am I here? Why am I here? And I went over to her house that they had built. Nobody lives there now, but it was where she would. And I put my hand, just leaned up on that building. Now, there's a story in the Bible where some war, men were fighting and they were running from the enemy and one of them got killed. And they couldn't drag him and they didn't want to just leave him laying there because they were running for their lives. So there was a, a, a grave, an a open grave there. And there were just some bones down in there of, of somebody that had died. And so they thought, well, throw him in there the enemy won't get him and cut his head off because that was a tradition. Because you cut the head off, that means he can't go to, you know, whatever, the heaven he believed in or whatever. They won't enter eternal life. Plus, you gain their strength. So they'd cut their heads off. And it was, it was a horrible, demeaning, degrading thing. So they throw him down and, and they just threw him in this, in this empty grave on top of those old bones down there. But they didn't know whose bones those were. <laughs> There was a prophet that had walked the earth and was used of God, and he listened to God. And he would say, now listen to me. Thus says the Lord. And he died. But that anointing, oh, that, that anointing, of the Holy Ghost, you don't realize what is inside you and who is on you. I'm telling you. That dead man's bone, I mean, he'd been dead long enough that his body, his flesh had decayed, everything gone, but there's some old bones laying there. But when that dead man's body hit those bones, he jumped up. Because of the residue of the anointing. Now listen, if the residue, that, if there was that much of an anointing of a residue from the residue on some dead bones, how much is on you? You're not dead. You're still alive. How much is on you? How much is in you? The devil said, what? The devil said, what? <laughs> God said, I will pour out my out water to quench your thirst. Listen, I'm telling you, God is about to pour out. Like the old saints used to tell me, Sonny, you better get under the spout where the glory comes out. You know what they were telling me? You better be where God is. You better be listening to him. And you better be where he is. Because I'm telling you, God's about to pour out. But it ain't going to be everywhere. 
Let me tell you what it's going to be like. When this starts to happen, there are going to be two churches, one on one corner, one on the other corner. And in one church, I mean, the, oh, my God, my God. Hallelujah. The sick will be healed, the bound to be set free. Sinners will come to Jesus without the preacher giving up and begging them. There'll be a move of God. The glory of God will be there. And it will be like we've gone to heaven already. It'll be heaven will bend down and kiss the earth. But across the street, they'll be there having a good service with a nice sweet message. And everything will go on as normal. And they won't have a clue. Got to get under the spout. You've got to get under the spout where the glory comes out. And let me tell you where that place is. God tells us. He said, what's the, on that first line, what's the last word? And the next line, what's the two last words? If you don't have it, if I didn't have it, and I'm going to tell you what, this verse, these verses have stirred something in me that I can't get away from. I used to get up, I get up every morning, I have a ritual, I get up every morning, I love routines, I get up in the morning, have my coffee, read my Bible, have my prayer time. It used to be maybe an hour or two. Now it's several hours of just praying and seeking God and crying out to God and longing and also making declarations and reminding God of prayers that have gone before and prophecies that have gone before and words that he's spoken over my life, over my family, but also over this church in Montgomery right here who used to be Christian Life Church, now Passion Church. There are things God said that he promised that he showed me that he's not a liar. There, God cannot lie. And he will not say something that he does not do what he says. And I'm telling you what, it stirred up in me a thirst. And I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. And that's where the glory comes out. I know this, I'm going to be in it. Because you know what? There's a hunger and a thirst. And God said, on your thirst, if you're, woe to him that is thirsty, let him come. If you're not thirsty, you know what I'd do? I'd forget praying about a raise. I'd forget praying about a promotion. I'd forget praying about that parking spot. I'd start praying, God, stir my heart, put a hunger for you. A thirst for more of you. Stir my heart. I want thirst. I want to be thirsty. God, put stir in me, Holy Spirit. Birth in me. Because I'm telling you what. Here's the thing. God searches to find those who have open hearts. Who will allow Him to put in them a hunger and a thirst for Him. More than the things of the earth. You know, when Jesus said, if you don't love me, you gotta, you got to hate your mother, hate your father, hate your brother, sister. You know what He was talking about? He said... What he was doing is that he didn't want you to hate, but he's talking about you should desire me. You should love me. You should love my father. You should desire us so much that nothing can compare to it. Listen, tell you what, I love this woman. I'd go to the ends of the earth. I'd crawl over hot coals 10,000 miles long to get to her, to help her, to be with her. She is my heart on this earth. And under God, I owe her everything. But I'm telling you what, there is one that I love and cherish even more. And because I do, that's why I love her. Because that love of God sets you free so you can love other people. But one thing will happen when you fall in love with God. He's going to put a hunger in your heart for more, for more, for more. And I'm telling you, that's what God's looking for. He's looking for. He's looking for. Now let me read this verse to you out of the Message Bible and I'll shut up. Somebody say praise God. Well, thank you very much. Listen. He says, for I will pour water, listen to me, on the thirsty ground. Somebody say I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Is anybody, stand up. Is anybody thirsty for God? Does anybody want more? I mean, God is good, and I'm, we're blessed, but dear God, if this is it, if this, God's greater, bigger than this. 
Everybody say, God, you're bigger than this. You're bigger than this. I'm 74 years old, young. You know what? I'm more hungry now, I think, than I've ever been. For I will pour water on the thirsty ground and send streams coursing through the parched earth. Now I live in the desert. In the summer, it's 110 to 120 degrees. I'm, I'm not kidding. At 2 a.m. in the morning, it can be 105 degrees. All right? Now, you know what? There's a verse I, that I said, God, see, I, I, can't, I just massage it a little bit. And where it says, send streams coursing through the the parched earth, I say, God, you said you'll send because river streams in the desert. Streams in the desert. You put me in the desert. I'm crying out. I'm like a thirsty man in the desert, parched and dying from thirst. Give me the rivers. Listen, for I will pour water on the thirsty ground, send streams coursing through the parched earth. I will pour my spirit into your descendants and my blessings on your children and they will flourish like trees planted by the water, by the rivers. Lift your hands with me and begin to praise God. Father, we worship you. We praise you. Glory and honor be to God. Glory and honor be to God. Oh, glory be to God. Glory be to God. All right, now, if you are hungry, if you're, with, if you're one with me that says, I am hungry, I am thirsty, I want more, I want you to take a step up here towards God. Come on up. And if you say, but I, I don't have it, but I need it, then you come on too. <clears throat> Begin to tell him, just lift your hands and talk to God for yourself. God, I'm hungry. God, I'm thirsty. I want more. Fill me, Lord. Fill me. Fill me, Lord God. Fill me. Glory be to God. The Bible says in the book of Acts, and they were filled again. They were filled again with the Holy Ghost. They were filled again with the Holy Ghost. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, that you fill every heart. You fill every hunger. Oh, God, you fill the void. Oh, God, we give you praise. I thank you, Father, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost, for the flow of the Spirit of the living God. Fill, oh God. Fill and use us, oh God. Make us into vessels for your glory, oh God. We pray that from Passion Church here in Montgomery, that the fountains of the deep would be broken up, oh God. That the rivers of God would begin to flow, oh God. Oh, Lord, let the glory come out. Your glory, my Father. We believe you, O oh God. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you, O oh God, for the power of the resurrected Son of the living God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Don't ask him anymore. Don't ask him anymore. I know this. If we ask according to his will, and he said, for I will. If we ask anything according to his will, he said, for I will. Pour out on those, on the, par, on the thirsty land. On your thirsty, on your thirst, on your hunger, I will. If we ask anything according to his will, we know this, that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know we have. Say, I have. I have. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to lift our hands and we're going to begin to worship God like you have it. Worship God like you have it. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory, glory. Oh, glory to God. Yes, hallelujah. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. 
Hallelujah. Pray in the Holy Ghost and build yourself up in your most holy faith. Let the rivers of the Holy Spirit begin to flow. Worship Him in the Spirit. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. 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 Now listen to me, says the Lord, for as sure as the sun rises in the east and it sets in the west, when you ask of me my will, you can know this without doubt or fear or reservation, that the things you have requested of me, it is my will, and it is I that put it in your heart to ask it of me. And I am with you, I am doing this, and get ready, for I am doing this in your midst. And the things that you've seen in, in the past, they will pale in comparison to what I'm about to do. For surely, I am going to shake this earth, says the Lord. I'm even going to shake the heavens. And the things of this earth will tremble. And the pillars of this, the structures of this earth will tremble and fall before me, says the Lord God. For the structures of men are nothing. They will crumble and they will fall just as Dagon did in the temple before the ark of my covenant, says the Lord, who is in covenant with you. And know this, I have heard your cry and I've set you apart. You're a signet. You are a ring set apart for me, says the Lord. You'll be a sign and a wonder to this people, to this city, and to this nation even, says the Lord. Prepare yourselves, prepare yourselves for my glory and know this, it is my destiny for you, says God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Come on, help me out. Glory be to God, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. But remember this, says the Lord. New wine only works in new wineskins. The old wineskins will not work. There are things in, all, in your lives that are old that were right in their day, right at their time, that even I am the one that put them there. But those things must be set aside now, says the Lord. For I have a new thing, a new work. Behold, I am doing a new thing. And so my dear ones, my chosen ones, my special ones, there are things you must set aside. Many will not. They refuse to do it because those things are so dear and precious and the memories of what I was doing are so real and, and mean so much to them. But I want you to make me the one you desire. Make me more important than the things I've done before. 
than the things that I did for you. Make me more important even than them. And open your heart, throw open your heart just as you did in that first moment when I came into your life. Throw that same heart open with the same hunger. And I will flood in, says the Lord. I will flood in in a new and a beautiful way. And you and I will have wonderful communion and fellowship. For I've called you, I've called you, I've called you. I'm longing for you, longing for you, says the Lord. I'm calling how I long to refresh and revive. How I long to fulfill the things that I spoke to you in days gone by. I've given you little snippets. You've seen little visions of it. Little wisps that I allow to float through your spirit just for a moment. To say, this is what I plan. This is what I give you in the future. This is what I have for you. So now is the time, says God. Lay down all the other. Lay down everything else. And throw your heart. Just throw your heart open to me. And I promise you, it will be wonderful. It will be wonderful. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.